Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. fans welcome back to the black and gold prospect podcast episode six we're recording on november 26th 2019 and this episode six is brought to you by the great folks at betonline.ag go check them out get a free account place your wager and win some money hopefully you're lucky enough to send some money to me because i certainly need it but before you do that hit clns50 use that code and you get a sweet first-time bonus. We are back after a little hiatus to record this episode six. I'm your host, Mark Allred, joined by always by my friend and co-host, Tim Richardson. Tim, how are we doing tonight? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. Good to get back and talking to you. Good to get back and talking about Burns Prospects. Apologize about the, the uh, confu- well, we weren't confused. It was just a really hectic week last week, so... Um, Work schedules uh, for me personally were just a little too much to get a show done. It is the holidays, and and once the overtime is given, I have to take advantage of it. So hopefully you understand, and hopefully the listeners understand. Oh, absolutely. Life happens, man. Exactly. You said that on the Slack channel, and I appreciate your uh, your understanding, because I know how much you get up for uh, for this show as well, so... Um, we will try to get back on it weekly. I mean, this stuff might happen as the holidays go up. Things, ha- you know, like you said, life happens. So regardless, we are here to talk about the, um, the uh, Bruins prospects before that. Uh, how was your week? Uh, not bad. It's been a good week of uh, enjoying the sports, enjoying life. Maine, it's been a little bit warm the last few days, so I've been enjoying the 40 and 50 degree weather here in the end of November. Yeah, that's awesome. Unseasonable weather is, is always good when you get ready for a winter that's expected to be pretty, uh, bring heavy snow and, and lots of uh, winter elements, but um, 
Yeah, yeah. So when we get, we're just what we're going to do is we're going to um, quickly go through what we have for you because there is a Bruins game on tonight, and and we love every Boston Bruins game, no matter who they play. But when they play the Montreal Canadiens in my house, it's a big deal. So we want to get through this this uh, this episode quickly so I can edit it and get downstairs and and, and get to game time. So let's get started by uh, by getting jumping into the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins. The top minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins played in three games this past week, earning five or six points over the three-day stretch. Providence walked, uh, played two at the dunk and one on the road last week, last week's action. So let's talk about those games and preview the listeners on the upcoming week's action. Um, on Friday night, November 22nd, 2019, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, um, the Providence Bruins previous to this particular game only had one regulation win in front of the Providence faithful. And that has not been a very good place to play recently. But tonight on this particular night, Friday, November 22nd, 2019, the, the Providence Bruins uh, came in and made a statement uh, winning a, by five to nothing shutout uh, over the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. I thought it was a very good game. Bridgeport is struggling. Regardless, it's two points and it's at home. And uh, hopefully that starts some good home cooking for the rest of the season. But uh, let's get started on the goal scoring. Uh, this is going to be an easy one. In the first period at the 3.05 mark, Brendan Gaunt gets his fifth goal from Alex Petrovich and Oscar Steen on the power play. Gaunt is playing very well. Uh, staying in the first period at the 13-19 mark of the of the of the opening frame, Ryan Fitzgerald scores his sixth of the of the season from Gaunt and Wiley Sherman. Uh, remaining in the first period at the 19:08 mark, Brendan Gaunt gets his second of the game, his sixth of the season from Zaboral and Solarik. And in the second period. At the 12:41 mark, Trent Frederick finally scores his first of the season from Jakob Lauko and Wiley Sherman, and that was on the short hand. So uh, uh, Frederick gets his first goal on the short hand, and which is good. He's been playing a little better lately. And to end it um, on the short hand again uh, in a five-nothing lead, and, and it, sees, it seals the deal. For the win, the second regulation win at the Provident, I mean the uh, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, was at the 1934. Jack Stunika scores his seventh from Yako Lauko and Alex Petrovich on the shorthand, as mentioned, uh, to finish the game. Max Legassi gets his fourth shutout of the season, which I believe is the lead leading. Lead leading, he stops 17 of 17. Uh, thoughts on this game, uh, Tim, and any uh, little nuggets that you might have uh, on your mind? Yeah, overall, it was a fantastic game, both uh, offensively and defensively. They kind of um, dominated the game from the just from the get-go. I mean, if you just look at the first period, they had three goals in the first period on 13 shots, and they only held Bridgeport to six shots that first period. So they kind of set the tone early. Um, not only that, we had talked about this – now, previously, that uh, Providence has been taking a lot of penalties recently. Uh, this game, they actually only took two penalties, held Bridgeport uh, scoreless on the power play. Not only that, they had the two shorthanded goals, 
and, and they also added a power play goal. So getting three special teams goals there is pretty huge for a team who um, has been kind of up and down uh, on special teams, whether it be on the kill or the power play. And, I mean, Lagasse looked great in that. He only had to face 17 shots. Uh, the team in front of him looks great. It was. I would say this is definitely the best overall like team win that they've had where they were firing on all cylinders and in all aspects of the game, offensively, defensively, special teams, um, goaltending, everything was just clicking, and it was great to see. Absolutely, and 8,175 8, were on attendance at the dunk on this Friday night's game. The three stars go to third star, goes to Wiley Sherman. The second star goes to uh, Maxime Legacy, and the first star to Brandon Gaunt. Very well earned, all three of them. And, and like you said, it, it was a solid win, probably the best of the year. But it, it's against a team that's obviously struggling in the Atlantic Division of the American Hockey League. So uh, they need really need to take this, uh, the, the, this experience and build on it, build the confidence of, of, of getting the lead early, which, is, which has been common this year. These, this Providence Bruins team has a knack of scoring uh, quickly to get things started. But sustaining that lead and having some kind of consistency doing it has been a bit of a trouble. It's kind of a roller coaster. So they get the lead, then they'll give it up, then it pretty much uh, the uh, – you know, the night's pretty much over for them, and they, it's not like they give up. It's just They just get caught behind, but they're finding ways to to uh, keep the skate on the throat of their opponents and not let up, especially in this game. So, Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there. It's definitely good that they were able to kind of not let up there and do that, and you're right. They went for the Bruins. Like, one thing that's been a major kind of um, – kind of part of their game is when they are leading after the first and second periods of any game this year, they're, they're undefeated. So getting the lead and keeping it is really key to them because of that. They're not a team that generally um, comes back as much as uh, maybe in previous years or maybe as you would like. Uh, that's definitely something that can be attributed to being a, uh, young team, young teams that takes a little bit of time kind, kind of getting used to uh, that whole thing. But, I mean, when leading after the first period, they're 8-0. When leading after the second period, they're 9-0. So nice. it's it's definitely key. And, like, you know, on the flip side, they're 1-5-1-1 when losing after the first and 0-4-0-1 when losing after two. So, I mean, getting those early leads, keeping them has been key. Absolutely. Um, and an and awesome job on the stats, too, by the way. Um, moving on to Saturday night, November 23rd, 2019. This game was on the road in Springfield, Massachusetts at the Mass Mutual Center against the cross-state rival Springfield Thunderbirds. Um, a up-and-down game, uh, to, uh, to be honest, and, and not a very good one. Um, Max Legassi gets his second straight game in the net uh, due to the fact that Dan Vladar and Kyle Kaiser are on the IR. And uh, in pre before this game, actually even before Friday's game, 
they uh, got a goaltender on loan. Brandon Halverson was signed to a PTO uh, because of those injuries. And the Providence Bruins thought that they'd be ready to have Vladar and Keyes, or one of, one of Vladar or Keyes are back in the lineup. Um, that was uh, out of the realm. So they went out, talked to uh, Norfolk, got uh, uh, Brandon Halverson on loan, uh, came in, did not play any of the games this weekend. Um, but in this particular game, Max Agassi got the start. He's been very good this season, but let's not uh, focus on, on this game to, uh, to talk about how he's done overall because he's been nothing but fantastic. But in this particular game, he kind of struggled, and so did the guys in front of him. But in the first period, the uh, Providence Bruins, again, like we've been saying over and over, have gotten the first goal. Uh, and, and, and it happened at the 19-second mark of the first. Robert Lantosi, he's been playing well, scores his fifth goal of the year from Solaric and Brandon Gauntz. And then after that, Springfield scored three straight goals uh, to end the first period. Jumping into the second period, Providence gets on the board and a 3-2 lead at the 532 mark of the second period. Yuna Kopanen. I always mess his name up, but anyway, scores his third goal of the year from Trent Frederick and Yerho Vakaninen. I can say that, but I can't say Kopanen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the next goal, it was the 3-3 three to three tying goal in the second period. At the 15-56 mark, Scott Conway gets his second goal of the game from Yuna Kopanen. And the Springfield Falcons would go ahead 4-3 to three at the 6-36 mark. And the Providence Bruins would end up tying it late in the game at four at 18:31 from Jack Sudnika. He's been unbelievable uh, lately, scoring his eighth from Lantosi and Vakaninen. But unfortunately, in overtime, the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds, the host Springfield Thunderbirds, um, score with 106 at 106 in the extra frame to seal a five to four overtime win uh max lagasse as mentioned was in net he stopped 30 of 35 not his best game but let's not take this game and ruin his whole season uh, thoughts on this game mr tim yeah i mean it was it was definitely an up and down game as uh, you said uh jack stadnika's played is playing out of this world right now uh the power the power play was over five which was pretty disappointing to see and on the flip side they took a lot of penalties again so everything they seemed to do well the game against Bridgeport they kind of didn't against Springfield uh luckily Springfield only scored one on the power play however that one they did score was that one to go ahead in the third so uh, that's tough the one thing I will say is for a young team to battle as much as they did uh this game especially with, as you said, Lagasse getting his uh, second game back-to-back nights because of uh, injuries and things like that. Um, it was nice to see them come away with a point and battle back to get that point. Um, it was hard fought, and um, I think it's something that they can build upon going forward. Uh, it's funny, the last maybe two years, they've had a little bit of trouble with – Springfield, but overall they've generally played Springfield pretty well. Um, you know, over the last five years, they're 
23-15-4, and four, and uh, at Springfield, they're 11-7-3. So, I mean, they generally play there not terribly bad, just happens to be one of those games. Yeah, and this game, like I said before we started the, uh, the scoring, uh, the, the Providence Bruins on the road, uh, I should have mentioned that they were a very good road team uh, with a 7, I believe a 7-3 and, and something record. So my thought going into this game was this is going to be a good one. Uh, they can't win at home, so they, they can win on the road, but they flip-flopped it around. So uh, they won uh, on the road in good fashion on Friday night and then lost um, in pretty sad fashion in, in overtime on this particular night. But uh, moving on to Sunday's game and the final game of the weekend, the three-for-three three weekend, which uh, is, is normally a regular with the Providence Bruins, but this year it seems like there's a lot of two-game weekends and a lot of Wednesday games, and we'll definitely get into that as we talk into talk about the, uh, the upcoming schedule shortly after this game update. But on Sunday, November 24, 2019, back at the Dunkin' Donut Center in front of 6,697 the Providence Bruins walk away with a huge, huge 6-3 victory over the Hershey Bears. Um, so let's get started by talking about the, the, uh, the goal scoring. And again, I'm going to jump right in and just say that the Providence Bruins got on the board quickly first again. In the first period at the 432 mark, Ryan Fitzgerald scores his seventh. He's been playing very well as well from Paul Carey and Jack Stunica. The first, first period... The Providence Bruins go up to a 2 to nothing lead at the 18-18 mark. Uh, Paul Carey scores his eighth from Yerho Vakaninen and Jack Studnika. Um, and I'm sorry. Yes. And they go jump into the second period and a 3 to nothing lead. The Providence Bruins at the 3-39 mark. Yerho Vakaninen scores his first professional goal. Uh, assisted by Samuel Asseline and Oscar Steen and for a four to nothing lead and a, an un, unbelievable half to the game, Yerho and strikes again for his second of the season, second of the game at 745 of the second period from Josiah Didier and Paul Carey. And Hershey would then figure out that they were in a corner, a cat in the corner, and they were going to fight their way out. And they would score the next two goals. But Providence would get a 5-2 to lead in the third period at 11.05 from Jack Stanika, unassisted. And it was shorthanded for his ninth goal of the year, which was an absolutely sick goal. Did you see him? like just take the puck and, and that stride, just get away from that player and, and just somehow beat the goaltender? Yeah, he, I, his, he can, he, I, I knew he was quick, but I didn't know he was that quick. He's got some legs on him and, man, like when he just put the burners on, he was, he was gone. And uh, the, the pull-away speed that he has is phenomenal. And he's really starting to figure out the AHL game. I mean, that goal... Um, he's got nine, nine, nine goals, nine assists, eighteen points in twenty-one games. So I mean, he's he's been on fire. Yeah, and like I said, that was on the shorthand. They've been doing really well lately with those shorthanded goals. Uh, and to seal the deal in the six-to-three victory at the nineteen-fifty mark of the third period, 
Trent Frederick scores his second of the season on the empty net, like I said. And that is it from the dunk in Providence, Rhode Island. And like I said, 6,697 fans were on hand. The three stars went to Paul Carey was the third star. Yerho Vakaninen and his two goals and one assist. Unbelievable game. His best as a professional, in my opinion. And that includes both the NHL level and the AHL level. So, And obviously Jack Stanika um, with a huge game. Uh, gets the number one star. And on this game, it was – see, this was what was different, is I thought for sure that Atlanta, the Providence Bruins, would reach out to Atlanta and call about Sean Bonar, the goaltender down there, before they would have gone out and asked for somebody on loan. Not sure how everything happened, but ultimately uh, Maxine Lagasse cannot play three games in three days, so they called up Sean Bonar for this game. And he stopped 25 or 28. And I thought he looked really good for his first professional win. Yeah, I thought he looked great. I mean, for a guy kind of just thrust into the middle of everything uh, because of injury, uh, he, he played well. And he, there were, at no point in the game did the moment seem too big for him, which can happen for a guy coming in um, and playing his first game in Providence like he did. It's something that you don't know what – you don't necessarily know what to expect um, as a player doing that. So he was great. Um, I thought, I thought he was, I thought he's going to, I think he's going to be good. I know uh, today that um, Vladar went down to Atlanta. So it looks like he can finally start some conditioning and yep. uh, get on some uh, getting down there and getting back to being with Providence. I assume once he's healthy and good to go, he'll be called back up and uh, Bonar will go back down. I actually broke that news yesterday about, um, about Dan Vladar being sent down to Atlanta for a conditioning stint and, uh, because it's, it's believed that Sean Bonar will be returned to Atlanta. And I'm hearing Kyle Kaiser could be ready to go uh, before the upcoming start of the week schedule, which we'll talk about uh, very soon. But uh, good game, another solid win at home. The home cooking is do, is is much better at the dunk lately, and uh, I'm sure that the Providence faithful are very excited about that. Um, but uh, the, after 21 games, the Providence Bruins have a 11-7, one and two record with 25 points, good for second in the Atlantic Division and fourth in the Eastern Conference. So they're sitting really good um, when it comes to the playoff picture. I know we're getting into that, you know, uh, the Thanksgiving holiday where you can basically judge where it might be sitting. But this is the American Hockey League, and things can change on day-to-day. On, uh, -day. Uh, the Bruins are 4-4, 0-1 at home, and 3-7, 1-1 on the road. So uh, looking forward to uh, more games. But before we talk about the upcoming games this week i'd like to talk about our show sponsor betonline.ag the boston bruins and ahl providence bruins are fully involved in their respective 2019-20 regular season so placing a wager on any professional sport in boston or worldwide has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag you can place a wager on action in the ahl nhl baseball basketball football nascar and many other popular professional sports. And guess what? 
because you're loyal listeners of our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media content. We're giving you a 50% bonus onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Please remember a minimum of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding the bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines, Tim, during your favorite Boston sports seasons. Get in the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sports wagering expert. All right. So after that, man, I'm out of breath. (laughs) Uh, uh, The Providence Bruins, the American Hockey League Providence Bruins, return to action for the upcoming week on a uh, rare Wednesday night. But Wednesday night games are going to be a thing, um, a new thing this year. So Wednesday night, November 27th, the day before Thanksgiving at 7 p.m., they are on the road in Hershey. They beat Hershey on Sunday, as we just saw talked about, uh, convincingly, 6-3. to three. So hopefully they have the same luck on the road. On Saturday, November 30th at 6 p.m., they are in Charlotte. Last year's Calder Cup champion, which uh, from my understanding and what we talked about earlier, the Charlotte Checkers are not playing very well. Is that correct, Tim? Yeah, they're not playing too well this year. They're uh, seven, seven, and three on the year, um, which is fourteenth uh, in the conference. And it's just it seems to end seventh in the Atlantic Division. Uh, they have only played in seventeen games, uh, which is four less than Providence played in. So they haven't played a ton. Um, not sure why they would have had such a kind of a light schedule recently, but they've also given up they've only scored 45 goals on the year and they've given up 50 um which is pretty bad i mean having a negative goal differential is something that doesn't generally uh, lead to success there and uh they're even three four in three in their last 10 so ouch yeah it's just not doesn't seem to be going good one thing that does seem to be uh, happening as well is they seem to be taking a ton of penalties as well. They have 255 penalty minutes in only 17 games. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's so, a lot. Yeah. So how how are they on the ro- uh, at home? Because uh, the Providence Bruins will play another one the very next day on Sunday, December first at 1 p.m. So it's going to be one uh, home and home back to back. So how are they on the at at home to? Uh, Maybe this uh, Providence Bruins uh, road cooking that they've been doing pretty well uh, can go down there and take a pair. Um, they're uh, they're they're three two and one at home, so fair fairly average. Um, they've only had six home games, which is kind of crazy to start the year. Uh, so they've started out on the road a lot, but they've and they've only scored sixteen goals at home while giving up fifteen. So they only have a plus one differential there. So um, they're very winnable games. Um, I know that as we, as you said, they won the uh, Calder cup last year and seems like a lot of those players have kind of graduated or moved on. So it's kind of the life of a minor league 
sports team. It's very rare that you have them see teams go back to back or anything like that because of players moving on and things like that. Absolutely. And to finish up, uh, a little bit of transaction news. Uh, Jack Stadnika yesterday was called up to the Providence Bruins, and, and he's definitely earned it. Uh, Jack, Captain Jack has not played. What I'm saying is offensive. His two-way game off the score sheet has been really good, and he's been working on certain things to get better at that game, at that two-way style. But recently, his, his offensive numbers have really gained traction. Uh, in the last five games, this guy's scored five goals. And in his last eight games, I think he's got seven. So uh, the injuries to uh, Par Lindholm and Patrice Bergeron ultimately gave him the opportunity to get called up for his first ever uh, professional hockey game. And he is in the lineup against Montreal tonight. I'm not sure about Brendan Gauntz. He was also called up too. Uh, so it, it remains to be seen on how he does in his professional. I, we, we did see him in the preseason game. He looked good, but that was with a mixed, um, like a split squad team in China. Uh, but he's been playing very well regardless down in Providence. Uh, and he right now he leads the Providence club, even though he's not there with 18 points in 21 games. That's nine goals, nine assists. But uh, the front runner right now is Paul Carey. Paul Carey has eight goals, eight assists, 16 points. Alex Petrovic, the defenseman, the new defenseman signed to a free agent deal over the summer, and uh, has 15 points in 20 games. Peter Solarik with 14 and 14. Ryan Fitzgerald with 11 and 21. And uh, obviously Brandon Gonson. And uh, Robert Lantosi rounded off. So good things happening uh, when it comes to offensive production on this uh, Providence Bruins team. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's time to time to move forward onto the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators. The Atlanta Gladiators they swept the weekend action over uh, with an eight to two beatdown of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits on Friday night, November twenty second. And followed that up on Saturday night, November 23rd, with a 4-1 victory over the Jacksonville Icemen. With Samuel Asleen, Scott Conway, and Yona Kampanen up with Providence, there's really not NHL Bruins interest at that particular level of the development at the moment. But hearing that goaltender Dan Vladar is prepared to come back after suffering a lower body and uh, weeks ago is being sent to Atlanta to rehab stint. We already talked about that. Sorry about repeating myself. Uh, the Glads are back on the ice on Wednesday night, November 27th at home against the Norfolk Admirals. Uh, Friday, the Glads host the Greenville Swamp Rabbits on November 29th and at the Infinite Energy Arena, which is a game three of the current four-game homestand. Uh, as we sit right now on Tuesday, November 26th, the AA minor pro affiliate of the NHL's Boston Bruins sit in the fourth spot in the South Division and have a 8-7-0 record in 15 games played and currently on a three-game winning streak and 6-4-0 in their last 10 games. So Atlanta really climbing the, the ranks of the East Coast Hockey League South Division, which is good. And hopefully Dan Vladar can get down there in his rehab stint and uh, provide a little extra on the back end to uh, increase 
and keep that that winning streak going. Any thoughts on uh, Atlanta? Um, it's good to see that they're. It's good to see that they're winning. Um, I think that you know the ECHL is pretty important. Can be pretty important for the development of players. Uh, as you said, we've got a couple players up in Providence. Um, thanks to them, and um, it'll be nice to see that uh, with Ladar going down for a conditioning stint. It'll be nice to see that the games should be meaningful when with them being right in the. Uh, thick of things there absolutely um moving on to the quebec major junior hockey league the moncton wildcats uh not much news about bruins 2018 second round pick axel anderson lately he had an assist in last thursday night's game against shikudami and a four to nothing victory for the home wildcats that assist snapped a six game pointless streak and and recently didn't get on the score sheet on Saturday night, November 23rd, against host Halifax Mooseheads. Anderson is still chasing down his first career Quebec Major Junior Hockey League goal and has two chances coming up this week to break the ice. The Wildcats play Valdor on Thursday, November 28th, and finish the week's action the next night on Saturday night, November 29th, against the Blaineville Bourbon. Uh, yeah, Blaineville Bourbon. That's all I wrote. I don't remember their name. Um, Markton is playing very well so far this season, uh, sitting atop the Quebec, the Q's Eastern Conference with a 19 5 0 0 record. They're currently on a two game winning streak and 8 2 0 in their last 10 games. So they have been playing very well. Axel's, Axel's um, offensive production has been minimal. Um, he was getting a lot of assists when he first started, but I think he's really starting to get into a role of the, of a shutdown defensive style. Uh, he can, and he has the ability to jump into the rush. I'm not sure how he's being used. I don't get to watch a ton of games. I really got to start talking to my friend Craig Eagles a little bit more about what's going on. We should have him on as a guest sometime soon, but, um, yeah, so Anderson's playing good so far, um, and that Markton team is, is is destined to do some really good things this season. Yeah, they seem to be on fire, and I think you're right with probably using him more defensively. Uh, still at a .5 point per game pace, so that's still not that bad. I mean, if you have a guy at an NHL level scoring at that pace and then being a shutdown defenseman, I mean – that's 40 points and being a shutdown defenseman, you'll take that any day of the week. So um, I, I'm glad that he's getting a lot of work in, uh, getting to work on different things, and hopefully he can find the back on that for the first time this year over the weekend. Yeah, and I'm going to be watching both of those games, so hopefully he does it while I'm watching. Um, jumping to the NCAA uh, Division One men's hockey Let's go to the Big Ten Conference, the Michigan Wolverines. Bruins 2015 seventh-round draft pick and Wolverines junior Jack Becker had a goal in Friday, November 22nd, to match up against host University of New Hampshire Wildcats. That goal at the Whittemore Center in Durham, New Hampshire, snapped an eight-game goalless streak where he had only two assists in that time frame. Becker has two, four goals, two, two assists, six points, in 13 games played so far and can easily snap his NCAA career high of 15 points 
he had in two previous collegiate hockey seasons. Staying with the Big Ten Michigan club, Boston Bruins first-round selection John Beecher continues to have a successful freshman campaign for the Wolverines. The big forward previously of the U.S. national team had his first multi-goal game of his NCAA career where he notched two in a 4-1 victory over New Hampshire on Friday night. Beecher was not a factor in the score sheet the following night against the Granite State Club and has four goals, four assists, eight points in 14 games played. Both Becker and Beecher play the next two games on the road with a tough test as they travel to Wisconsin to play the Tony Granado coach badges on Saturday night, November 30th, and Sunday, December 1st. Um, that is going to be a tough battle because, like I mentioned, Tony Granado is the head coach, and Tony Granado was the coach of, uh, of Trent Frederick and Cameron Hughes when they attended school in Wisconsin. And I've really, really liked watching how he orchestrates his lineup, how he used Cameron Hughes, how he used Frederick, and, uh, and how he used uh, his players uh, this year uh, without those guys in the lineup. And I just think he's a great coach and probably an NHL destined coach sooner or later. I agree. It'll be definitely a tough matchup for them. Um, I think I believe I saw uh, one of the games that Beecher was moved up to the first line. Yes. Uh, that's great to see. Uh, he's playing pretty well as of late. Um, it's definitely not easy being your first year of college hockey. So it's definitely a heavy game, but to see him succeed is definitely good news going forward. Yeah, and like you said, with his his uh, promotion up to a, a stronger line, uh, obviously, you know, you have uh, more commitment when you move up. But his play recently has gotten him that far. So I think he's going to continue to bounce around. I think, he, I think that I'm not sure who the Michigan coach is, but it almost seems like the way he's moving Beecher and Becker around is that trying, he's trying to get them to learn the grind style game, but also move them up to the first, second line to learn that offensive game. So um, developing the total package before he moves on to his possible professional career next season with the Providence Bruins, who knows, but all this is instrumental to any player's development by learning everything, playing on the first line all the time. I don't believe that you're going to, you're going to be a good player. You're going to be counted upon to be offensive, but when it comes down to how you play away from the puck, I don't think if they not put into the fourth line, third and fourth line roles that they'll automatically be strong on the puck and so on. They or, or be able to take a hit. If, do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I agree with you completely. I think that kind of developing the overall game rather than just one aspect is definitely important. Seems like that's what they're doing. And I believe, I bet you that's definitely what the Bruins would want to have happen as well. Um, they kind of want their guys to uh, learn the ins and outs of every aspect of the game. That's why you see guys um, like Lauco and and Steen in the AHL playing on the lower lines because they want them to learn that. They want them to grind. They want them to learn how to grind. And that way, once they have that down, then you move on to your offensive game and work on that. It's definitely important to the Bruins. And I think when you have those guys that can grind, it gives them the opportunity to come to the NHL level 
maybe quicker just because you may not get the scoring from them, but you know you're going to get that defensive ability. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And spot on. Um, moving to the NCAA ECAC conference at Yale University Bulldogs. Bruins 2018 fourth-round selection and Bulldog sophomore Curtis Hall is on pace to pass his five goals, six assists, 11-point numbers he posted in 24 games in his freshman year with his five goals, no assists, five-point totals this year in six games. Uh, Hall, Hall's last game was on Friday, November 22nd, against St. Lawrence, St. Lawrence University, where he recorded his third career two-goal game and then left the game midway through the third period after being on the receiving end of a heavy hit. Uh, Hall did not play in the next, uh, next night on Saturday, November 23rd, in a game at Clarkson University, and was seen um, per source uh, that was actually at the game, uh, was seen walking in the hallway sporting a sling supporting his shoulder. Uh, it remains to remains how long it remains to be seen how long he'll be out, but we'll certainly keep an eye on the situation and update when updates or inside information become available. So we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that next week, if um, if my source with Yale comes through. And uh, because I'm a slacky slackerson, uh, and I thought my 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 job was done, which is obviously never. <laughs> I forgot to I forgot to add one more to the list, but uh, I'm so thankful that I have a co-host that is literally on top of things, and how fitting that he's on top of the next topic of uh, of, of discussion, and that's the um, University of Maine Black Bears goaltender Jeremy Swayman. So, my friend Tim, you have the floor. Yeah. So uh, the Black Bears had two games over the weekend. Uh, they played 14th rank at the time, I believe, ranked uh, Northeastern. And uh, they had a tough time. Uh, the first game, uh, they lost 5-2. to two, uh, And uh, it was, it was Swimming's re- first real kind of awful game, you could say. Uh, he had 22 saves and 27 shots on goal. Um, the team as a whole didn't look great that game. The defense was kind of bad. Um, and so... It just it just was really a poor showing overall by that team. Uh, it's tough when you're kind of on more of an up and coming team playing a more established team. Things like that are going to happen. Uh, but he did bounce back the next night, even though they did lose again. Uh, the next night, three to two, he did stop uh, thirty eight of forty one shots. So I mean that's that's pretty crazy that you know you can go from one to another and uh, seeing the difference there. And he saw over almost 70 shots on that over the weekend, which is only going to help his development even more. So Um, they have a couple games coming up this weekend uh, against St. Lawrence university at St. Lawrence university uh, on November 29th, which is Friday at seven 30 and they also play Saturday at 7 p.m. there. And I believe both of those games are going to be on ESPN Plus. Nice. So if you have ESPN Plus. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have that as well. So nice. you'll, be able to catch those, you'll be able to catch those games there. Absolutely. And if you, if you don't have ESPN Plus, which is a streaming service, it's only $4.95 a month, and you get a lot of um, – 
decent hockey to watch. So a lot of Ivy League and so on. So I highly suggest that. Absolutely. It's a great service. And um, I mean, it'll give you the chance to catch catch up on all of the uh, NCAA prospects that the Bruins have. Yeah, and which which includes obviously we talked about Jack Becker, John Beecher, um, also Cam Clark from Ferris State, Curtis Hall. We talked about Dustin McFall from uh, Clarkson, Quinn Olson from Minnesota Duluth, and obviously our boy and and our cherished goaltender that we have high hopes for, Jeremy Swimman. Yeah, Jeremy Swimman. He's and still overall in the year, he's been great. He's got a in 14 games, he's uh, seven five and two with a two two one goals against and a nine three seven save percentage. Yeah, um, he's start. He's only he started 13 of their 14 games, and uh, the one game he didn't start, he came in after like eight and a half minutes. Yeah, so that other goalie got shelled. Yeah, he got shelled big time. So, I mean, he's getting the brunt of the workload there, which is what you want for your guy in your system. You want him to see the lion's share of uh, of the shots in the production. So, um, with that being said, uh, here's, here's a question for you because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts uh, that are, are college hockey related, and when it comes to goaltending, he is always at the top of the conversation um, but they also say that it, it, the recruiting class, and we've mentioned this before on this podcast, the recruiting class for Maine hasn't been th- that great. Um, so with that being said, if, if they do not get into a, an NCAA playoff or a Final Four uh, scenario this, this season, and possibly Swayman doesn't see any big changes for the upcoming year, which would be his senior year, um, do you think that uh, he's got the possibility to sign early, or is he the type of player that you believe might stay the full uh, the full boat? Honestly, I I think I could see him um, signing early, just because. I mean, let's be realistic here. The team at Maine isn't probably going to go far this year if they make the playoffs at all, and it's probably not going to change next year. Um, they just haven't been strong with recruiting recently. And I mean, it's hard to get people to want to go to Orono, Maine. Let's be realistic there too, as well. So I think you could see him uh, move up and sign his pro deal early and try to get kind of uh, more, more work at a higher level. Um, either whether that be in Providence or Atlanta, um, I think either would probably be more helpful to his development than a fourth year at Maine playing basically the same competition and the same kind of level of games, no real, nothing on the line. Yeah. A lot, like I said, a lot of podcasts have been really talking about him and they're basically saying that this, this Black Bear team – uh, is basically on his back, and and if he plays well, they're in the game. And if he doesn't play well, and the team in front of him doesn't do very well, that they're in trouble. So, it's it's going to be interesting on what path he goes because we we both know as prospect guys and, and Bruins fans that that you know, the college ranks, you don't see a lot of players playing their full four. Uh, we've seen it with with uh, Cameron Hughes, we've seen it with Wiley Sherman, and and so on, but. Um, 
generally within their junior year or before their senior year, they want to they want to sign and, and turn pro. So we'll see what happens. But um, I think that's going to do it because I I got to get to this this uh, Boston Bruins game and I got to do this edit. Uh, so from myself, Mark Allred, and my host, uh, Tim Richardson, thank you so much, Tim, again, for another solid week. Sorry to rush you, brother, but you, I'm sure you're going to watch this game too, right? Oh, absolutely. There's no chance I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so thanks to everybody who's reached out and had positive words about this uh, pro- Black and Gold Prospect podcast that we're doing. This is episode six. We are recording on November 26, 2019. And with that being said, it's literally under a month before Christmas. So if you want to support these sh- this show or the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, go to the blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on the banner at the right, uh, the Fanatics banner. We are an affiliated partner with Fanatics. So once you click on that, that banner and you do a search for NFL, NBA, baseball, hockey, whatever, we stay connected to that and we get a commission on every sale, which helps us with our out-of-pocket costs. And uh, also helps us get T-shirts for our uh, weekly giveaways that we do on our regular program, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Um, if you want to contribute to that, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Donate a dollar per episode and be involved and in, in eligible to receive a free T-shirt once a week. So jump on that. And uh, if we don't see each other, Tim, I want to wish you and your family and all the listeners out there a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, drink, eat, and, uh, and, and, and just be safe and enjoy your family time. Absolutely. You as well. And the listeners as well, eat, drink, and be merry and, uh, just enjoy this time of year. It's special. It only comes around once every year. And it's to me anyway, it's each year is more special than the last. So enjoy Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And if you're going out and you're doing a little bit of partying, please get some in your stomach, get some, get some turkey, some stuffing, some mashed potatoes and some, some good pie in your stomach. Let that alcohol soak up. Please don't drive. Please use Uber. Please use public transportation. Please use Lyft, whatever you do. Keep your family, you know, keep the love going and don't uh, mess your year up or your holidays up or another family's holidays up by doing something stupid. So, Please do not drive. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. We really appreciate the constant feedback. Thank you to the listeners, our Patreon members, everybody out there. Thank you very much. We will talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.